Chapter 8 Kalia was only out for 10 minutes, enough time for me to finish my coffee and have a private batting practice session with a branch and a pile of rocks. After a few miles of being back on the road, there was a clearing in the trees and a view of a remarkably round valley below us, with a town at its center surrounded by ranchland. The tributary we'd been following snaked through it all. Fifteen minutes of a steep, windy descent, and we were on the valley floor. The road became flat and straight. We passed a line of concrete outbuildings, seven that I could count, that ran perpendicular to the road and out into the fields on either side at regular intervals. They were the size of guard shacks outside of parking garages. A few of them were unfinished and had workers busy around them. What's that about? I said, pointing. No clue. The town was small, with a few neighborhoods, a post office, a market, a school, a ranger station, and a handful of other business and official-looking buildings. So what's the plan? Kalia said. Just drive around? Yeah. See what we see. Maybe ask a few questions. Try this road. We wandered around the town for ten minutes or so, hitting dead ends or connecting back around to the main road, cruising through the small neighborhoods. We found a park. We found the volunteer fire station. We stopped at the gas station and filled the tank. I didn't know what I was looking for. I guess I was hoping to spot my mom. I asked the clerk at the gas station if he knew a Nanette Allison, but he'd never heard of her. He'd heard, however, of how high the river was. Never been higher since the Christmas flood of 1964. I could sense Kalia's impatience, but she kept quiet. Too quiet. We pulled into the parking lot of the only cafe in town. Why are we stopping here? I said. I'm hungry, Kalia said, as if I were stupid. The place was small, with a counter and two tables, and smelled of fried onions. The windows were fogged up. A man sat in the corner, a crumpled napkin among the scraps of fries in front of him. A young woman stood behind the counter said, Hi there. We wiped the rain from our shoes on the mat inside the door, and unhunched our shoulders. The menu was displayed on a whiteboard beside the register, sandwiches and burgers. We both ordered burgers. The woman responded this way, the river's high this year. And she smiled. But she didn't take down our order or ring us up. Yeah, I guess it is, Kalia said. Reminds me of the Christmas flood of 1964. Let's hope not. Arampom was completely inundated that year. Whole houses were washed away, livestock everything. Awful. Two people from Arampom drowned, a mother and her daughter. Kalia and I exchanged looks. I'm sorry but we're really hungry. Do you mind getting started on those burgers? They're commemorating the 49th anniversary of the Christmas flood this year, on December 23rd, with a huge celebration in Rio Del, where the bridge was washed away. Cool. The young woman turned away from us as if she'd been offended by the response, and walked around the counter and toward the door. Say I know and I will be there with bells on, said the man sitting in the corner. Hurry before she sounds the alarm. I repeated the phrase, and the woman smiled and said, So will I, before returning to her place behind the counter where she stood silently. 
The man in the corner came over to us. He was in his fifties, with a square head and graying hair cut short and combed. He wore white cotton gloves, a gold watch, and a felt polo shirt under a tan windbreaker. Lou DiStefano, he said, extending a fat hand. Call me Lou. He had an accent from somewhere on the East Coast. I gave him my name and let his hand swallow mine. Kalia declined to do either. He removed his coat, folded it, and rested it on the back of one of the stools. His polo shirt had long sleeves. You guys hungry? Would I want burgers? I make a mean burger. Worked as a short-order cook at my buddy's place in New Orleans after I got out of the Merchant Marines. Just for fun. Didn't need the money. The nightlife there, boy. Get off at 11, party till sunrise. The music gets in your blood. I'm telling ya. He went to the kitchen, put plastic gloves over his cotton ones, then started up the flat-top grill and fryer. If you've never been, you should go. It's one of those things, ya know, an experience everyone should experience. The young woman behind the counter hadn't moved. She looked straight ahead, as if in a trance. What did you do to her? Kalia said. Are you a Wanda? Ha, he barked, throwing a patty on the grill. I forget sometimes not everyone's got my nose. I'm Mobiac just like you. Halamite. Whatever spell this girl's under, the whole town's got it. Comes from an Oshara that runs the place. Swaps bodies every few weeks. He pointed to his face. But she can't fool the nose. A spell like that's impossible, unless this is a mummer colony I never heard of. That's what I thought too. But these are all normal people in town. That you can see, that is. Plenty of mummers here, but they're all hidden away. Locked up. Most came from Benny, I think. The mummer colony ran by your lodge, Kalia. And more get bust in every day. Wild ones. You know me? Oil popped and sizzled as he threw the fries in. I always know who the marshal is in the place I live, especially if I don't plan on registering. Only reason I spill now is, well, ya got bigger problems than a guy trying to skip on his dues. He shrugged. And uh, ya know maybe we can help each other. You be the judge. To do that, I'd have to know what you're proposing. Lou pulled down two plates from the shelf, dressed the grilled buns with lettuce and onion, slid the patties on top, and dumped a pile of steaming fries on each plate. Carrying our lunches out to us, he said, My buddy Nicky Snake Eyes always told me never get your parole hearing before lunch. Do whatever you gotta do, fake being sick, diarrhea whatever, but you don't want no hungry judges looking at your case. Cost him two years of his life once, he always said. Lou set the plates on the corner table and sat across from them. Please sit eat. I looked at Kalia, who was scowling. Come on, Lou said. You're a marshal. I know you can tell if I'm lying. The food is safe. I didn't put drugs or cackle in any of it. Kalia nodded toward the bench seat, and I sat down and slid over for her. We started eating. The burger was perfect. Sorry no tomatoes, he said. They were garbage, like all the tomatoes in California. When I was growing up in Jersey we used to eat tomatoes like apples, they were so good. No salt, no nothing. 
It's a disgrace what they call tomatoes out here. I swallowed a bite of burger, a little less chewed than I would have normally, annoyed at his slander of my home state. You don't think California can grow tomatoes as good as New Jersey? I know they can't. They don't call Jersey the garden state for no reason, kid. California feeds the world. There's no place on earth better for growing than the Central Valley. If they wanted to grow whatever tomatoes you're talking about, they'd grow them. Spoken like a true Californian, talk in quantity, not quality. And don't get me started on the bread. Haven't had a decent bagel since I came out here. Lou had a crooked smile stuck on his face while he talked, and his hands moved around like he was practicing karate. You people think you can put a hole in a bun and call it a bagel. And everyone's eating it like it is how it is, when that's not how it is. Go to my sister's place and try her bagels. Try my sourdough. Then tell me we can't make bread in California. Come on, man. Lou put his hands up. Oh, hey, we got a baker here. A regular doughboy. He laughed. Okay, okay. I'm just busting your balls. I'll try your bread. I'll give you a fair shake. Where's your sister's place? McKinleyville. On Central Avenue. May I have another? Okay, okay. Hand to God I'm gonna try one of your sister's bagels. Kalia's plate was clean before I was halfway done. All gone. Delicious. Thank you. I'm full and now I'm in a fantastic mood, like butterflies and rainbows fantastic. Now how is it you think we can help each other? Lou looked around in surprise, like he was hamming it up for an audience. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Did you swallow that burger whole? Let me see your fingers. Are they all there? You didn't accidentally bite one off, did ya? He waved a fat finger at her. I like you. Then he looked at me. She's a keeper this one. Lou, Kalia said flatly. Like a wood chipper over here. You gotta warn me next time. I'll put on safety goggles. Did your buddy advise you to insult the parole judge? Relax. What is life without laughter? Am I right? Okay, okay. Any of you two sing harmony? Of course I do, Kalia said. Why? Mummers aren't the only ones these people got a problem with. They don't seem to like certain Mobiacs, either. They got three locked up on the same grounds as the Mummers, but in a separate house that's big enough. Was one of them a woman around your age? I said, interrupting. Short. Blue eyes. I pulled up a photo of my mom on my phone. She always says she looks like Doris Day, if you know who that is. Lou laughed. I didn't see or smell any Doris Days. Sorry. But I did smell my son. Now if they just had Mobiacs guarding the place, I'd be golden. But this group somehow shipped in some Zatatorians. That's where the Harmony Partner comes in. I was worried I'd have to harmonize with whatever came on the radio. Then you two showed up. Now it's gonna be a breeze. He nodded at Kalia. You help me harmonize these zaddies out of their minds while Doughboy here runs in and gets my son out. 
And how do you help us? I'm getting there. Relax. Let yourself digest a little, huh? Chew. Kalia glared at him. And Lu leaned back and put his hands up. I apologize. I couldn't help myself. Okay? Okay. Here's what you get out of the deal. Now I don't know why you're here, but I assume whatever's happening in this town ain't sanctioned by your lodge. And I also assume you might be interested in a stash of odolith cackle. A stash so big it could have only been taken from a lodge. Now I wonder what lodge that could be. He raised his eyebrows and the corners of his lips, as if invisible marionette strings were connecting them. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. How you feel about me now? Do I get parole or what? I almost spit out the sip of soda I'd just taken. Are you kidding me? I shook Kalia's shoulder. I told you. Kalia said to Lou, you were able to find the stash with your nose? I didn't do it with my good looks, I'll tell you that much. It's in the same building they're keeping my son. Guarded by the same stiffs. For the next few moments besides the sound of me chewing excitedly, there was silence while Kalia and Lou had a staring contest. Lou didn't blink, but he did raise his eyebrows, which in my mind gave the victory, whatever significance that held, to Kalia. You drive in your car, she said. We follow.